Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Awakened Mind. My name is Amanda, and today I will be sharing with you one of the pivotal turning points in my teenage years that helped to shape my young adult years. The last episode, I talked a little bit about where I came from and kind of my mental processes um, as a baseline as a child moving into my teen years in high school and how I started to feel that during that time and how my brain started to develop and recognize that I was actually seeing things that other people were not and that I was actually hearing things that I started to connect with other people not being able to perceive. And so today I wanted to talk about one of the pivotal moments uh, during that time, during my teen years. And I have always referred to this experience as my coming out of the closet moment. It is when all of my internal dialogue, my internal depression, my internal stress, had all stayed bottled up inside of myself. And this was my first experience really talking about it with another person, bringing it out of my head, speaking the words, which was terrifying at the time. I will never forget this experience. And I have no doubt that this person, we're going to call her Kathy today, you know, change name, protect the innocent and all that. I'm sure she will never forget this either. Um, so I was in, still in my first year of high school. And, you know, we had four years of 9, 10, 11, and 12th grade. Still new to the whole state, to the whole public school scene. And this was back in the February time frame. Uh, before I really had to deal with a lot of the um, the fallout of coming out of the closet, uh, because this was the moment that helped build my confidence and solidify in my head that I wasn't going insane. So up until this morning, up until the morning that I'm about to talk about, I did not tell anyone what was going on in my head. And it was a big struggle for me. And I had started eating lunch with a group of people that called themselves Wiccans and Pagans and were diving into the energy world and magic and tarot and Ouija boards and all of this stuff that I had not ever heard about before, but I felt like I wasn't a total outsider um, while I was dealing with all of this internal struggle. And it wasn't helping because I wasn't talking to them. I wasn't actually sharing with them what was going on. And so up until one morning when I was 16, yep, so so it had to have been March, because my birthday's in March. I was 16 and I walked into my second class of the day and we're gonna call my teacher, Miss Kathy. She always had a really pretty bright ball of light with her all of the time. And I would notice it every single day that I had walked in. And when I would walk into her class, this bubble of light would project 
words and pictures at me to the point where it was just unmistakable that I was having the conversation with another person. So over the last three months, I started to develop a rapport with this glowing ball of light. She referred to herself as my teacher's mother's mother. So my teacher's grandmother on her mother's side. And she told me that I could kind of look at her as like an angel, not like an archangel, like a guardian angel. She was someone who was to be there for my teacher uh, throughout her life, but more importantly, my teacher's future children. And I thought that was just the sweetest thing. And I really uh, loved connecting with this being because so many teenagers in school would carry around a lot of depression and abuse or a lot of uh, bad memories. And so to actually see a really pretty bright ball of energy attached to one person was, was a relief for me. And it helped calm me down when I could have interactions. And I started to look forward to going to class because I could connect with this being and she would make me feel better. Um, over several months, this woman told me um, how old she was when she died. And she would show me pictures of what she looked like. And uh, it always devolved, devolved into showing me pictures of her grandchildren and of her children and her favorite clothes. And she started telling me about she had a, her favorite skirt when she became older. Um, she had a favorite skirt that she would like to wear around the house. And she showed me her walking cane and told me this experience of how she really resisted getting a walking cane. And she despised it at first. And then she found one that she really liked because then she could hit things with it. And just these beautiful, very personal stories. At one point, she was talking about how she decided to buy a wig and she was also against wigs at the time. And then she found this one wig that she would wear at a special event uh, that she actually didn't even like. And so then she would tell me about her wig. She told me about, I started asking, actually, I started asking her uh, what happened that she died. What was her death story? And so she shared with me uh, her slow descent through cancer um, to her end point. And she kind of described it very generally. And knowing what I know now as an adult and having some of the experiences I've had, I completely understand that she was holding back a lot of the, of the energy of that experience because of how emotional those experiences can really be. And, um, I appreciate that now as an adult. <laughs> and so she just told me so many personal things. And this went on for several months. And I felt like I really knew who this person was. And I decided one day that I I was going to tell my teacher, Miss Kathy, that she had this uh, guardian angel with her that was her mom's mom, her grandmother was with her. And when I told, right, when I told this guardian angel, she said, well, 
I understand you feel the need to do that. And she said, but she's not going to remember me because I died when she was a teenager and there were, you know, there was distance and a time of separation and she's not going to remember a whole lot of things about me. And I said, that's okay. I, I really feel like I'm going insane. I need to confide in someone and that's the person that I want to do it with because we have this connection, you and I, and you've shared with me all these things. And I feel like I can do that. So the following day, I, I walked into class that day. And now this teacher, Miss Kathy, was one of my favorite teachers in high school. She helped me a lot. She was an English teacher. And I was constantly failing English. My understanding of of language was great. My understanding of the meanings of words was great and the meanings of the stories and being able to infer things through the written word was all on point. But my ability to put together a paragraph or a proper sentence and use proper grammar was awful. And that is a lot of what you focus on in high school math, in high school English. So this teacher my rapport with this teacher, she had an open door policy. You could come ask her for help at any time she was not in class. I had lunches with her where she would help me with papers and paperwork and homework. I would come in on my free hour or her free hour to spend extra time with her because I would have failed every test I ever had in her class if I did not get that additional help from her. So I adored her and I respected her and having that connection with her made it so much easier. And so that was my rapport with the teacher. Now she always, uh, she would always make an announce. She made an announcement at the beginning of that year that she was a teacher that had an open door policy. And if you needed anything, you could come in and talk to her. So I took advantage of that every chance I could to get help from her. So I stayed after class one day. I asked her if I could talk to her after class was over because I had a few minutes between classes and I didn't care if I was going to be late. I needed to get all this off my chest. And she said, yeah, absolutely. And I walked over and I remember closing her door and the look on her face was one of great concern. And looking back on it now as an adult, she was probably terrified that I was about to, you know, tell her some big family secret or admit some form of abuse or that I had witnessed something or I can just imagine the things going through her head. But I definitely remember the look on her face was, oh, no, am I going to be able to handle what she's about to talk about? Because she was, you know, very sweet and she was very loving woman and I just I went up to her and I said this is going to sound insane I said I I really think that I'm crazy and I started crying like at this point like just saying the words out loud I think I'm crazy it started to make me cry because I had already at this point I had already told my mother what had been going on and that wall had come up. And so this was right after that when I was really feeling like I had no help and I had no outlet and I didn't know what I was going to do and I had no coping mechanisms. And so I told her, 
I, I think I'm insane and I know this is going to sound crazy, but if I, I don't tell someone, I'm really afraid they're going to put me in therapy and that I'll end up in a psych ward because the stuff that I'm experiencing is really crazy and I need to tell someone about it. And she goes, oh, okay. She was like, you can absolutely, you know, tell me, tell me what's on your mind. Tell me what's going on. And I started going down the list. And I told her everything that her grandmother had been telling me about herself and about her life and about her, um, my teacher's mom, Miss Kathy's mom, everything that I could think of. And I just laid it all out. And I said, um, I just didn't know who else to talk to or, or who else to bring it to. So I wanted to tell someone. And my and Miss Kathy looks at me and she was kind of I couldn't read her expression and she said, You know, I don't really remember my mom's mom because she died when I was like seventeen and I started crying all over again. <laughs> and I said, Yeah, I know. She told me that you wouldn't really remember her, but I really had to try. I had to try something. And I walked out of that room at that moment and I basically just pulled up my boots and I went about my day. And this was during a time where I had forgotten that people actually talk and gossip about you when you're not there because I was always that person. If it's not in front of my face, I'm not talking about it. And so it didn't occur to me that any anything further was going to come of it because I had said something, I had gotten a response and the event was over and I needed to do something else. And uh, the following day I go into class and in the beginning of class, my teacher walks up to my desk, Miss, Miss Kathy comes up to me and she goes, I need you to stay after class today. And everybody in the class, you know, teenagers like, Ooh, what did she do? What did Amanda do? And my immediate thought was, Oh my gosh, did I fail another quiz? Because I, I don't want to retake another quiz. Like that was my immediate thought was that it was schoolwork. And then everybody filed out of the room and she gets up and she thought she was standing by the door as the kids were leaving and she closed the door behind her. And I remember thinking, oh, this is a big deal. She never closes her door. And she comes up to me, and I will never forget this moment for as long as I live. And she said, what I am about to tell you, we are never going to discuss again, ever. She said, I, I don't want to ever hear about this again. I don't ever want to talk about this again. We are going to move forward like this never happened. And she was so serious. And I said, absolutely, like, absolutely, you got it, whatever it is. And she said, I went home and I called my mom last night and I told her everything you told me about her mother, including the way that she died and some of her favorite things and even some of the favorite things that she liked to do. She said, I told her everything you told me. And she said, my mom started crying over the phone and she wants to come up here to meet you and she wants to talk to you. And that is never going to happen. 
she said, that is wildly inappropriate. My mother is not coming to the school to meet my students. She said, but I really wanted you to know that everything you said was absolutely spot on correct and you are not crazy. And like tears, just like, I didn't know what to say or what to do. And I just, I felt this euphoria come over me and I just started crying and she looked at me and she reiterates, we're never speaking of this again, ever. And I said, I will, I will never bring it up to you again, like ever. And I walked out of there just overwhelmed with joy from that moment, from that experience. I was so relieved. It was like this weight had just lifted off from me and it was amazing. Um, and it's something that I will never in my life forget because of that. And I will never forget how she went out of her way to go out of her comfort zone to take that leap and actually call her mother and say, hey, I had this happen today. And I want to tell you about it. Like that took a lot of guts for her to even do that. And so I will always forever remain grateful to Miss Kathy, my English teacher way back in ninth grade for having the nerve to really step out and, and discuss what I had shared with her and then to come back to school and, and tell me that I wasn't crazy. It was an amazing, pivotal moment in my experience. And I always refer to that as my really coming out of the closet moment because that gave me the energy that I needed to say, okay, if I'm not crazy, I don't have to be afraid. Like I don't have to hide from everything all the time. And it was it was a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful experience in my life. I often wonder if I could ever bring it up to her now as an adult, so many years removed from the experience. I don't know if I'll ever get the opportunity, but here's a shout out to you. I love you and adore you even to this day. Everything from that moment on that went on in my head, I had more confidence to deal with. And so it was not long after that. Uh, same month in March, it was only a few days later, that I actually uh, lost my temper with someone in school. Shocker, I was a bit hot-headed back in the day. And I actually lost my temper with somebody who was joking about their grandmother. And I happened to see this person's grandmother, and she was dead. And I pointedly looked at her and I said, you should not Speak ill or make fun of the dead because your grandmother is dead, both of them. And then I just started, I just started laying some stuff out that was coming to me because I was so angry that I stopped the filter. And that was only within a couple of days of that pivotal experience with my teacher. And that is what outed me to the uh, entire school. And that is how I came to be known as the girl who saw dead people. And that is the <laughs> that is the experience where I actually threw myself out of the closet in anger 
respond to this poor, innocent teenage girl who really just wanted to get out of class. <laughs> like It was an experience. And uh, in our future episodes, I will share more about how that formed my teen years from 16 to 19 and how that played a role in the way people treated me at school and how I made friends or didn't make friends and all of that wonderful, exciting stuff. I think looking back on those experiences, the number one thing that really helped me cope before I started talking about everything and putting that energy out into the world, into the environment, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know much. I didn't have many tools, but I did have distraction as much as I could get it (laughs) and redirection. And I, even though I didn't realize it's what I was doing, I was subconsciously seeking out the people that were going to accept me. And so that is how I ended up with the group that I was in to find some semblance of comfort, even though they weren't the same. So I always encourage people not to close out or close out their mind with judgment to some people that might actually have an idea of what's going on. We're all so much more alike than we are different. And that's a really important thing to remember, especially when you're dealing with empathy and intuition in the world of emotion and energy. It is all the same. Everybody has them somewhere, somehow within these human bodies, we are emitting these sounds and these frequencies and we all have something in common. So don't be afraid to embrace those parts of yourself. Don't be afraid to start writing things down and and putting it out to the world. It is scary. It is scary as heck. But then once you get to a certain point, you can step into owning that piece of yourself and owning who you are and how you're going to present to the world. So I hope that you enjoyed this experience that I've shared with you today. And um, I absolutely hope that you are coming into this holiday season with love and joy and giving in your heart. And I hope that whatever you're celebrating, it is the most wonderful celebration of the year. As we move into a new year, it's going to be 2020. And the energy building up for this new year, which I will talk about in a different episode, is going to be phenomenal. It is a year of change. We are waking up. And stories like mine and stories like like this are going to be happening all over the planet as everything is shifting into this new, beautiful, high-frequency energy for change. So I hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week, and I will catch you in the next episode.